Welcome to the podcast of Scott Street MB Church. We hope you find this message inspiring and encouraging in your walk as a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning. There's a good spirit in this place today, isn't there? Amen. God is good, and it's so good to be with our family, our church family. And um, Sarah and I are pleased to have some guests with us again this weekend. And we always want to bring them to church to meet the people that we love. We love to take people that we love and meet and introduce them to other people that we love. And you never know what's going to happen. So thank you for always welcoming our, our family and our friends. It's good to be together. On, on a funny day... Um, Yesterday, I went out for a walk last night, and I could see my breath. Suddenly, the, the, the temperature dropped, and uh, this is my first, Sarah's and my, our first uh, year in St. Catharines, and, um, and we don't understand what's going on. <laughs> we, uh, we know there's summer coming, and we've had a little taste of it, but um, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful climate we have down here. The snow is gone, thank you Lord, so I will not complain at all. We're beginning a series of sermons on ordinary people of the Bible today, and uh, they're not actually that ordinary, they're wonderful people, wonderful stories, um, and, but sometimes they're smaller, uh, they're characters that they might not be very well known, but their stories have something to say to us, they have something to teach us. And today we're looking at an interesting man, his name is Enoch, Enoch. Maybe you have some friends called Enoch. Enoch means dedicated and special. So obviously his parents, when he was born, they had an idea who this boy was. He was going to be dedicated and special. Those of you who are having children sometime in the coming year, you might choose Enoch as a name for the child. Special, dedicated. His parents knew that he was going to be a special child. He is also, interestingly, the six times great-grandson of Adam. So he's old. He's one of the older characters. Six times great-grandson of Adam. So he's one of the first men who lived on earth. He lived a long time ago. And he's such a wonderful character. He's the great-grandson of Noah. You remember Noah, all our biblical characters. So he's right there between those two. He comes from the famous uh, family line of Seth. I'm going to be showing you this all up on screen, um, just so you can get a, get a feel for where he fits in. We first read about him in the book of uh, Genesis, first book of the Bible, and there's a long list of genealogies. Thanks, David. Um, so we are actually missing the top, but all, the only thing at the top is Adam. And, Oh, it's on yours. That's good. Oh, you can see it. I don't see the same thing. That's okay. I'm glad you can see it. So Adam and Eve are at the top. And, uh, and then there's Cain and, and Abel and Seth. So if you follow Seth's line down, seventh generation from Adam, uh, you will see Enoch. There he is. And Enoch, Enoch's son Methuselah, Methuselah's son's Lamech, and down there is Noah. So we're talking about that man who stuck there in the middle by the name of Enoch. A man who walked with God. So I'm just going to do a brief Old Testament review. You know I'm a professor, and so I can't help but teach a little bit. So when you go home, you're going to 
Genesis is, there's a number of sort of sections in Genesis. In particular, there's a section, chapter 1 to 11. In chapter 1 to 11, we have these themes. First theme, Genesis 1 and 2, is the theme of creation. You, we all know the creation story. Genesis chapter 1 and 2. Our, our young theologians, we know Genesis quite well. Chapter 1 and 2 is all about creation. And then, chapter 3, you remember the whole Adam and Eve and the apple thing? condemnation being chased out of the garden that's genesis 3 chapter 4 and 5 we see the growth of civilization and usually civilization means sin because people get prideful and the civilization grows and they fall into sin Um, and then there's the condemnation genesis chapter 6 well after the growth of the civilization with then comes the flood and so you have the flood in chapter 6 that god tries to cleanse the earth of um, of sin After that, we get Genesis, between 6 and 10, we see civilizations growing, Ham, Shem, and Japheth, and um, the generations of Noah, as civilization grows. And then again, condemnation, Genesis chapter 11, confused language, the Tower of Babel. So this is all happening. If you haven't read the first 11 chapters of Genesis for a while, read it again, because it'll it'll all come together in your mind, all of those stories early stories of creation, condemnation, and the growth of civilization. This all happened sort of uh, in the first 8,000 years of human history as we see the spread of civilization from the line of Cain. So again, maybe David, we're going to have to hold, put that one up there just so I can, can bounce you back and forth. So the line of Cain. So on the left side there, there's Cain, and there's Abel, and there's Seth. But you, you can see that there's nothing under Abel. Abel didn't have any children to follow him. Why? Because his brother killed him. Cain killed his brother Abel. But there was another brother, Seth. So there's Cain, Abel, and Seth, the children of Adam and Eve. Cain's line is the line of civilization. Uh, during Cain's, in, in Cain's line, it, it's the beginning of the domestication of livestock. He was a good farmer. And his line, they're known for creating civilization. They developed music. They, Cain's line developed in the invention of tools. So livestock, music, tools, they were all about growth and civilization and uh, making the world uh, a place to live and grow. Um, and alongside the development of, of civilizations is always the spread of sin. Sin, anger, jealousy, murder. And it started at Cain as he murdered his brother Abel. So it's as if that sinful, that sinful line continues down, straight down Cain's line. Um, if you look down at Cain, you can see Lamech. So one, two, three, four, five, six, you see Lamech. So this is the great, 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 great uh, grandson of Cain was Lamech. And he murdered a man who had said improper things to his wife, his wives. He actually had multiple wives. And um, he murdered him, and he, his claim to fame was, I am seven times as evil as Cain was. I'm more evil than my great-great-grandfather was. And if you read the book of Genesis, there's all sorts of characters in there, aren't there? My goodness. Yeah, as, as you read scripture, there's all sorts of people that God showed us what their lives are like so that we would not be like them. They're a foil. We shouldn't be like them. Lamech, 
After his murders, uh, God couldn't bear it anymore, and then we find the flood with Noah, a flood and judgment in Genesis 6. This is followed by the Tower of Babel, chapter 11, followed by Sodom and Gomorrah, Genesis 18. And to be honest, the story of civilization and the judgment continues till 1 Thessalonians 4.12, where we read about the judgment and the return of Christ. So it's all connected, Old Testament, New Testament. And um, so I show you this uh, genealogical chart just to help to put it to figure it out in your minds, you, there will be no test at the end of the sermon. Just so you get a sense of, of how God worked with Cain's side coming down, all about civilization and growth and, and, and uh, developing and sin, developing culture and sin. And then Seth's side. Well, I haven't started talking about Seth, but um, on Cain's side, it's funny. It's been said that people have learned to fly through the air like an eagle. They've, been, they've learned to bore through the earth like a mole, to swim through the oceans like a fish, but mankind has never walked on earth like the human being God intended them to be. We have never been what God has intended us to be. The image of God in us enables us to build up great civilizations. When I look at the Welland Canal, all the things we've done with our hands to change our world, to develop our economy. He's enabled us to build up civilizations, but sin causes us to tear them down again, and they break down again. Cain is not only the son of Adam, but the other son that survived is Seth. And in Seth, we see the growth of salvation. Cain is civilization. Seth is salvation. In Seth, we see the worship of God. These were people who, he was a man who called on the name of the Lord. Um, And so Enoch is in Seth's line. Sixth generation grandson of Seth. Now, there's not a whole, a great deal about Enoch in the Bible. Thank you. Holding for reading the scripture, Genesis 5.21, Hebrews 11.5. There's one more scripture, Jude 14 and 15 says, Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these evil men. Look, the Lord is coming with thousands upon thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment on everyone and to convict all the ungodly of all the ungodly acts that they have committed in such ungodly ways and of all the harsh things ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These people follow their own evil desires. So he references Enoch and his holiness and his desire for, um, uh, to expose ungodliness. So we read in the passage about Enoch that he... So here's the basic principles of Enoch. Interesting guy. Had a child when he was 65 years old. Think about it. Had a baby at 65 I don't know. I think that would be hard. I, uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want a baby right now. I just enjoy tickling yours and sending them home. <laughs> Enoch walked with God, it says, 300 years. Had babies when he was old, lived many years. Enoch lived 365 years. He never died. God took him away. He never experienced death. He was one who pleased God, the seventh from Adam, He prophesied about evil in the world. So quite a man, isn't he? An extraordinary fellow. 
a story um, that is spoken of in the Old Testament and the New. He's an interesting character. He was, he's not just an Old Testament character. He's referenced in two places in the New Testament. Um, so what does Enoch have to teach us today? Well, the, if you boil a sermon down, I'm going to be talking about a man who walked with God. Enoch's walk. He was a man who walked with God, a good man, a godly man, a saved man, a faithful man. He was faithful and godly. The Christian life is often compared to walking. 1 John 1, 6 and 7 says, If we claim to have fellowship with him, God, and yet we walk in darkness, we lie, and there's no truth in us. I love this. But if you walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Isn't that beautiful? If we walk with the Lord. This points to a lifelong process of walking in relationship. It's a journey. It has a starting point when we get saved. I'm not sure if Anna's here. Anna Wall. Is Anna here today? There's my, there's my dear Anna. How many years ago did you begin your walk with Jesus? Do you remember? Anna? It was 80 years ago you began to walk with Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Thank you, Lord, for, for a faithful life. E, uh, Enoch had 300, so you've got a while to go. So, but, but 80 is wonderful. And now that you are in your 90s and still walking as a woman of faith, you are an example to all of us, and we love you and are grateful for you. It's a lifelong process. Have you changed in 80 years? From the, the young girl who accepted Christ now to the, the, the pillar of faith that you are now? Yes, you've changed. Yes, you've changed. You, uh, you grow and the journey continues. It's a lifelong journey. We are not born walking with God. We are born walking with Adam. We're born as children of, who are selfish and sinful. We come to God when we accept him into our life. It begins with his touch of God. So at age 65, Enoch had a wife. Enoch's wife, anyone know this? This is no, I, It was hard to find Enoch's wife's name. The lady who had a baby at 65, you can hardly find her name. Anyone know? Edna. <laughs> so today, God bless Edna. At 65, she had a baby. And they called him Methuselah. Methuselah. Uh, and... I think that God was trying to get Enoch's attention. You want to get someone's attention? Give them a baby at 65. That'll do it. Enoch was surprised. God uses surprise and pleasure and sometimes pain to get our attention. There was a lawyer, a wonderful author, um, who in his early days had no interest in God. He was not an evil person but an indifferent man. Then something happened that changed his life. His eight-year-old daughter drowned in their pool and it changed his life he said i turned to god because for the first time in my life i faced something i could not handle this is the author henry brant wrote that um, in the book of hebrews it said that enoch pleased god with his faith in many ways the old testament plan of salvation and the new testament plan of salvation are the same plan uh, we are to reach up to God in faith and humility, 
to seek his forgiveness and his love. And he reaches down to us and receives us as his children. Forgiveness comes from repentance and relationship with God. We show sorrow for our sins. We commit our lives to God. We want to be like Enoch. We want to be people who are repentant and pure people who walk with God. Can you turn to the person beside you and say, help me to live a faithful life? Help me to live. We need to help one another. Help me to live a faithful life. Like Enoch, I want to be faithful like him, but we can't do it alone. Enoch lived a persistent life. The Bible says Enoch walked faithfully with God. It speaks of a persistent, long, 300-year journey, ongoing faith for his whole life. God has made us new creations, and we have to be persistent like Enoch in our walk with God. We are saved once, but then it's like the start of the race. Then we need persistence. Things are going to happen in life that are going to make life hard. They're going to make our journey difficult. You know, there's going to be things, and and it's not about just coming to faith once. It's about the walk of faith. Being a believer in Christ takes persistence. Many of us were saved as, as young people. Dear Anna, she was saved 80 years ago. God bless you. And she's continuing to walk in faith. But she's not alone. She's ours. And we have to love her and care for her on this journey. All of you, as, as a part of the family of God, that's our joy, to care for one another and to walk together. Yeah, we're, we're, we're doing this together, Sabrina. You and I are doing this walk together, and, and we love each other, and, and God is good. And we pray for, we pray for each of you per, for persistence through difficulty. Persistent repentance. Part of this persistence is that we are always repenting. We begin our walk with Christ, and we try... Well, John 1, 7 to 10 again says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. We deceive ourselves, but if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Our lives are a persistent, ongoing fight against sin. Amen? We are all fighting sin. None of us is perfect. None of us has no temptation. We do. I think some of you are tempted by your gardens. Have you driven by the garden centers? Have you driven along and seen the cars at the garden centers right now? A garden is not a sin. But I think we spend a whole lot of money on gardens. So God bless your garden, and God bless you. But realize there is a temptation in that beautiful hosta. I love hosta and the beautiful ferns. It's a journey. This is not in my message, Rob. Get back to Romans chapter 7 here. Um, We're asking God to help us and to purify us in our fight against sin. I am unspiritual. I am sold As a slave to sin. Who said that? Paul. The Apostle Paul. I don't understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. And what I hate, I do. Do you understand Paul's words? Do you know what that's like? I do. I do. I'm sorry I do. 
And so every, every day I pray, Lord, make me your man. Make me the person that you want me to be. And particularly when we t- come to the communion table, it's powerful for me because God says, don't come to this table unclean. Come to this table after seeking uh, repentance and asking for my forgiveness. Then come with joy and be clean. I love the communion table. Enoch was persistent. He had a persistent reliance. We live lives of repentance and faith. He's a hero, a hero to me. And in Hebrews 11, it reminds us again of of his faithfulness. With God by our side, when you find that you are going to have a child, you believe that God is going to create an incredible new life. We trust God when we have a baby or when we're going to adopt. With God by our side, when we lose our job, we trust he has another job for us. With Christ by our side, when our health fails, we trust God will be bringing health to our souls, teaching us perseverance and character through the sickness. With God by our side, when death comes to take us, we trust that God is calling us home. From start to finish, life is a journey of trust. Trusting in God every step of the way. Turn to the person beside you and say, help me to live a life of trust. Help me to live a life of trust. Yeah. We need help from one another. We need help from one another. I'm doing some marriage counseling. And I'm, when I'm with beautiful young people, they're learning to trust one another. Yeah, husbands and wives learning to trust one another. And as a family of God, learning to trust one another. I want to be a trustworthy pastor to you. And you need to be trustworthy brothers and sisters of each other. Continuing. A separated life. Thinking back to the children of Adam, we see the three boys, Cain, Abel, and Seth. The lives of Cain and Seth are so different. The contribution of Cain, again, was progress. The line of Seth was holiness. Cain's line built cities. Seth's line built character. Spiritual life has precedence over the material. We can enjoy the material when we're walking with God. There's nothing wrong with material possessions, culture, art. They're not sinful. The problem is that too many people make them their priority, and God is forgotten. Jesus said you cannot serve God and money, for you'll hate one and love the other. Jesus speaks about the importance of focus on him. Love life, love art, love your garden, but love God first. And thank God for your garden and for your flowers. Oh, come to my house, drive by. You should see my bleeding hearts. Mel and Helen dropped by one day and... and and gave me a, a hunk of bleeding heart, and we planted it in the very front. I love, I love my garden. And every time I see, the, every time I see those bleeding hearts, I think of you, and I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for, for your, your throwaway plants that you dug up and gave to me. Thank you. The separated life. The spiritual life takes precedence over the material. We need to give God priority. Luke 17, 28 says, In the same way we live as it was in the days of Lot. People were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. It will be just like this on the day the Son of Man is revealed. 
So the day of Jesus, when he, is, when he returns, will be like in the days of Lot. It's interesting that people were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. And there's no mention of sin. What he mentions is, is good, law-abiding, moral people, eating, drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. But God is, he says, Jesus is coming in this evil time. Why is this an evil time? Because people were too busy for God. Does that sound like today? When you look at Canadian culture, are, is, are Canadians too busy for God? I, I think that our culture, we're so busy. Everybody's pulling out your phone. I'm so grateful you do a very good job of putting your phones on silent. But a, a, a lot of... Well, Lydia, we'll talk about you. We'll work with you. <laughs> she needs some technical support. Um, we are so busy. We are so busy eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building that we forget God. God calls us to be different, to be separated, to be dedicated to God like Enoch. Remember, his name means dedicated. And that's our challenge every day. Let us eat, drink, buy, sell, plant, and build with the foundation of Christ under everything we're doing. Everything. Lastly, Enoch lived a satisfying life. One of my favorite hymns talks about the joy and satisfaction of a life well lived. If you know the song, sing with me. It goes, when we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And that's the life of Enoch teaching us to trust and to walk in faith. I love the picture of God and Enoch walking together for 300 years. 300 years, they were good friends. Anna, you know God in a way I don't know. I haven't walked with Jesus for 80 years. I've walked with him for a while, and I'm getting to know him better every day. But imagine Enoch and God, 300 years. But I think about Enoch's life. It was uneventful. It wasn't glamorous. He walked humbly with his God. Enoch did a good thing. And we are trying to do a good thing, to live good lives, to walk through life, through love, through faith together as a family of God. And God is calling us today again, afresh through the life of Enoch, to walk with him, enjoy him, share him with others. Just walk with Jesus today. Can you do that? You can. You can. God bless you. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the example of Enoch, a man who walked with you, a man who finished well, Help us to live a life of persistence like Enoch, always following you, always asking, what would you have us do, Lord? We're grateful for the years you've given us here and for our family that we love here at Scott Street. Father, help us to make a difference 
for you right here, right now. Help us to be light and salt in our families, our church, our community, and in our country. Father, you are calling us to to be like Enoch, dedicated. And today we say yes. Yes to serving you. Yes to worshiping you. Yes to times of suffering. Yes to walking with you for the rest of our lives. Father, we offer our lives to you. listening. For any questions about the message or to contact any of our pastors, please visit scottstreetchurch.ca.